0: Everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Karen me, and today's episode is a special episode that I am not involved in at all, but it's an important episode. So my friends over at the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast have done an episode that's all about the direct access laws in the state of Texas. So for those of you who don't know what direct access is, it means that you can go to a physical therapist without a prescription from a physician. Most states have some form of direct access. For example, in New York, we can see patients for 10 days or one month before we need a prescription. In other states, it's unlimited, like Nebraska, where you can go to see a physical therapist and you don't ever have to get a prescription from a physician. So in Texas, all they can do is an evaluation. They can't do any treatment, nothing beyond an evaluation. And so they, are, they have an upcoming opportunity for the state of Texas to have direct access passed along with how physical therapists in Texas can get involved and contribute to making this a reality. So F. Scott Field chats with Mike Connors, Mark Milligan, and Dana Too. They are all physical therapists in Texas. Their biographies are all up on the show notes page under this episode. Um, It's just too many to read, and I know that you guys want to get to the info. So again, this is a special episode from our friends at the Healthcare Transformation Education Podcast. It is F. Scott Field. And he is chatting with Mike Connors, Mark Milligan, Dana Too, like I said, all physical therapists down in Texas about Texas's opportunity to have direct access in their state. And we at Healthy, Wealthy and Smart are happy to share because the goal is to get more listeners so that more people know what we do, how we do it and why we do it. So thanks everyone for listening and have a great day.
2: On how education can be improved to disrupt the status quo of healthcare education. This is our journey and thanks for listening.
3: Hello everybody and welcome to a special episode of the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. This is part two of my mini-series on direct access. Um, The APTA has uh, gone out and said that uh, they've done a really great job of getting all 50 states some form of direct access Uh, and while that's true Uh, I have a couple of people here in the room tonight that, uh, well, we're all in Texas, and there's a common theme here. Uh, We have direct access in the fact that we basically uh, can do an evaluation, and then that's where it stops. Uh, We've got to kind of go ahead and get doctor's orders after that to continue to treat our patients. So, gentlemen, if you wouldn't mind uh, introducing yourself, we'll go Mark, then Mike, then Dana, and uh, we'll get into a little bit about uh, the definition of direct access and what it means to you.
4: All right. Uh, First, I'd like to thank F. Scott and the uh, Health Education Transformation Podcast for having us on tonight. Um, I know uh, we just kicked off the legislative session here in Texas, and so bringing this information to the public is going to be extremely important and valuable um, in the Texas Physical Therapy Association and the American Physical Therapy Association's uh, uh, goals of getting access here in the state of Texas in 2019. So my name is Mark Milligan. I'm a physical therapist in Austin, Texas. Um, several different practice settings: uh, home health, uh, private practice. Um, also involved in education at three different PT programs, as well as uh, continuing education across the country. Uh, immediate past president, or past chair of the Capital Area District here in here in Austin, and uh, happy to be here. Thank you to F. Scott and
2: Brandon and the Health Education and Transformation Podcast for having us on tonight. Excited about the potential for expanding our access to our patients. I'm Mike Connors, I'm a PT in private practice, currently in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I'm an educator, a business owner, entrepreneur, kind of a jack of all trades, a master of none. Um, But uh, excited to be here. Um, Currently the president of the Texas Physical Therapy Association, We've been involved in this direct access um, battle, I'll call it, for the last uh, five legislative sessions. So 10 years, um, definitely a, uh, a run uh, for for all of us that have been involved. Um, I think this is a huge opportunity for us and I'm looking forward to um, contributing to the body of knowledge and the awareness of our efforts this legislative session. Um, yeah, thank you guys again for having us. Uh, my name is Dana Tu. I'm in the Houston
1: area. I'm a, a PT for a company called Results, um, outpatient setting. Uh, and then I'm also the CEO of Optum PT. It's a manual therapy fellowship, COMT. We've got a PTA program and a OCS uh, prep course as well. Um, locally, I'm involved in the SCD. And then for the state, I'm the governmental affairs chair for Texas. And then I'm also on the uh, PAC board, the fundraising arm for the TPTA.
3: Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much again for coming on and for giving us your time tonight. Um, I'd like to start with this quick question. What does direct access mean to you? I mean, the, the definition in theory is that the patients can come in off the street and just receive physical therapy. But I'd like to hear from you guys, really, what what does direct access mean to you, both from a clinician standpoint and even a, a patient standpoint?
1: You know, from I think it's really from looking at the clinician first or the patient first, um, for the patient, it gives them an option. Um, it gives them somewhere else to go, you know, so in a lot of states, um, you know, patients are able to pick the provider that they feel that's best. And, you know, patients have a lot more resources now. They're a little bit more educated than in the past. They know, you know, when and kind of what provider that they want to see. Um, so anyone that's in pain, um, you know, they have a choice. They get to go see a physical therapist if they want. They get to go see a PCP if they want. Um, as a, as a clinician, um, it helps me get to people faster, right? So we know people that are having low back pain that see a PT first are going to get better results. They're going to get out of pain a little quicker. They're going to get prescribed medication uh, less. They're going to get less imaging, less surgery, you know, all, all of those things. Um, so it, it enables me to get people better faster.
2: I like to think of direct access almost as patient access or, you know, kind of as a alternative view of of how we um think about the issue more as is putting the patient first instead of direct access to me implies that it's more provider centric instead of patient centric so um like dana said putting the patient first um, leveling the playing field giving uh the patient the choice to opt for their best um you know lack of a better phrase choice of of healthcare provider um, you can opt PPOs to go see uh, an orthopedist, a primary care physician, a chiropractor, you know, but you don't have that option to seek out the services of a physical therapist. The other thing that comes into mind with with direct access is the entire opioid epidemic. Um, The fact that we are the first line defense for um, uh, the option um, of, of opioids versus, you know, surgery versus the, you know, physical therapy. So to give the patient a choice, do I want Surgery, imaging, drugs, or physical therapy. I mean, I think most patients at this point in time would say, "I'm going to opt for the the more engaged form of intervention of physical therapy than you know pharmacotherapy, imaging, and surgery." Um, that they want to be a more active participant in their healthcare. They're taking on more of the the ownership of of the expense of their healthcare. So, to also to Dennis' point patients are more, more educated consumers because they're paying more um, like they do in other aspects of their lives. So if, if, um, if we give patients the ability to be able to, to opt to choose their provider um, that best meets their needs, it, it puts the patient in the driver's seat and, and gives them the ability to choose their provider rather than having it dictated to them by a pedagogical approach.
4: Yeah. Dan and Mike make amazing points. Um, First of all, from the patient perspective, second of all, from the clinician, uh, the clinical perspective, um, I'd like to bring just the business side of it, right? Um, In the state of Texas, um, you can almost see a restriction of trade being in place uh, by this law, right? So uh, from a business perspective, even if I wanted to trade or give away my services for free or, or um, or, or barter, or figure out a way to some other ways compensate each other for, for the care. I still couldn't do that without a referral from a provider. Um, and so, really, the patient and, and me as a business owner um, don't have the option to engage in uh, in, a, in a business relationship without a third party authorizing that ability. And so, um, I think from uh, there's so many different aspects of of access and what it means to both clinicians, patients, and Businesses um, that that people don't understand the impact that that um, that small businesses need to have that access to their patients or to their customers. Imagine having to get a referral to get a pizza or get a referral to get gas or to get a, get recommendations for any other aspect of your life. It really doesn't make sense in this day and age, especially with the level of education that physical therapists have and the and the demonstrated and proven ability to to um, to be a a first line provider uh, for musculoskeletal care.
1: And and to add on to that, Mike, and this kind of speaks to the ridiculousness of, of the, the current situation. Um, I had a member at, at a Texas, uh, you know, TPTA member contact me this week and he's a business owner. Um, also was an ATC. So he's an ATC, an athletic trainer and a PT. And he was telling me that he had more access as an athletic trainer. So he could, he could, he could, have clients that were in pain or, or not in pain and he was able to prescribe or you know to, to assign exercises to them to help them in the rehabilitation process. Now that he's a PT, he's not able to do that without the referral. So he's actually sort of decreased his his number of, of clients now. Um, and with the referral um, situation right now, you know, a, a lot of patients are just going to wherever the physician tells them to. So he's seeing a big decrease in the number of referrals as well. So he told me last night, if things don't turn around quickly, he's moving to Oklahoma is really the only option that,
4: that he's got to, to stay in business. And th- that's just absurd. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean to, go oh, ahead, Mark. To, to add one, one last thing on to Dana's point is that any other, a patient can, if they have, have knee pain or elbow pain or wrist pain or back pain, they can go see any other provider they want in the state of Texas, any other person. They could have massage. They could have hot rocks thrown at them. They can have somebody walk on their back. They could have anything done to them they want except see a physical therapist for, the, for that condition, and that's a disservice to those people and the people of Texas.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm still relatively a newbie here to Texas. I've only been here a little more than two years now, and – when I got here and saw what the laws were, I was dumbfounded. I literally was floored. Um, but you know, I said, okay, well, we'll learn, you know, how it works and what we need to do to change that. Uh, then I started talking to the likes of these wonderful gentlemen and a lot of other people that are doing really good work to try to get this changed. And, uh, I didn't realize how rough of a fight it's been and how much of an uphill battle it's been for something really, pretty much absurd and ridiculous in my point of view, but you know, I don't get to make those rules, but (laughs) if you guys wouldn't mind, and anybody can jump in on this and kind of let, let the audience know where we're at, but um, there's been a little bit of a shakeup lately uh, in some of the positions there um, amongst lawmakers, especially the chairman of health and human services committee. I'll just leave it at that. But uh, where are we right now? Where do we stand as far as direct access, uh, and the lawmaking process and moving things forward. What what are the next few steps coming up here uh, in the Texas legislative cycle?
1: So we've got a House Bill, uh, House Bill twenty nine, um, that was uh, is uh, what's her name, Ina Menjerez Ina Menjeres out of the San Antonio area. She's going to be carrying that bill for us this year, and and she's very passionate about it. Last year she was voted as rookie of the year in the legislature. So she um she definitely wants to keep that status going and she's very passionate about this Um, we think we're very very close to having a senate bill that senate bill we're thinking may happen this friday uh, if not maybe early next week so uh, having those two bills very early on in the legislative cycle is going to be very important to us Um, we've only got 140 days um, eat, eat every two years uh, in the Texas legislature. So you think about how big the state is and you've got education, you've got healthcare, you, you've got bathroom laws, you've got all sorts of stuff going on, right? Um, you know, So there's a whole lot to be discussed in 140 days. Um, this year we've got a new uh, Speaker of the House. Um, his name was released yesterday and that Speaker will start assigning different members to be Chairs of different committees. That hasn't happened yet, but that'll happen soon. Once the chair of those committees is assigned, then they'll start filling in the uh, the committee uh, uh, members. So it really depends on who's going to be chairing these committees as to which committee we decide to to bring these bills to. Um, so previously, in the years past, we'd gone Health and Human Services. Um, we met some roadblocks there, and, and we can chat about that in just a second. Um, last year, we went business and commerce, thinking that you know, basically it's, 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 in our, it's in our degree, it's in our job description to be able to evaluate and treat. Um, so we went that direction last year and, and we met the same roadblock that we had in the Health and Human Services um, Committee. So that, that's where we're at. We're, we're waiting for the, the chairs to be decided. And then once the chairs are decided, we'll know which committee we've got a better shot to, to, to get this done. And then we'll start uh, really focusing on some key individuals that are, are in those committees. Um, and I'll let you guys speak to the, uh, the recent change in the health and human services.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the thing to note is that uh, Senator Dr. Schwertner um, was our largest opposition in, in years past as chair of the health and human service committee in the Senate. Um, he is an orthopedic surgeon from Georgetown, who was very vocal in his opposition to our efforts. In addition, the Texas Medical and Texas Orthopedic Associations were also very vocal in their opposition to our efforts. Um, Senator Schwartner has resigned from the uh, chairmanship of the Health and Human Service Committee. And as um, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick also acknowledged that it was his intention to remove him from that position. Um, At the same time, he had announced his resignation. Um, because the report from UT was inconclusive or not inconclusive, but, um, Senator Schwartner did not cooperate at the level that, um, was hoped that he would cooperate with the investigation. Um, I think that where that's left us as an association, a profession and in a, in a, um, position to, um, achieve success with our direct access is we have identified representative Minares as a champion of our bill. Um, I know um, Dana, the GAC and, and Craig, our executive director, have identified a potential senator to carry that bill in the Senate. Um, conversations are happening with our new lobbyist, William Brannon, to um, best facilitate that assignment to the committee that we think will give us the best success, whether health and human service or business and commerce, as, as Dana had alluded to. Um, the oppositions that we faced in the past, Senator Schwartner will not be in opposition this coming session. Um, his party has largely said that based off of his current um, predicaments, that um, their best efforts are focused on um, the, the issues that are uh, most important to the party at this point and not focused on, on his priorities, just based off of um, his current situation. Um, I think the, the overall attitude and climate of the legislature as it relates to the TOA and the TMA are one of um, fatigue, just based off of the nature of how they've chosen to address issues in the past two or three legislative sessions. They've taken a very aggressive tone um, and legislators are largely fatigued and tired of that approach of, you know, the paternalistic view that we know best and, you know, we know what's best for the patient. Um, I think more and more we're going to see our, our legislators, um, realizing that patient choice, um, especially, like I said earlier in the, in the eyes of opioids versus, you know, physical activity and and prescribed controlled movement and improvement of function are a much better option than, um, than, than, you know, narcotic prescriptions. So, um, I see a lot of uh, potential on the horizon. i also see, you know, the need for us to mobilize ourselves more than ever. Um, we need to get our colleagues excited about direct access. We need to get our colleagues, um, talking about it in various mediums, getting on social media, um, you know, talking about, uh, patient stories, talking about how we directly impact the patients we serve um on a day-to-day basis and um, helping us move this needle across the the end zone
4: yeah I, I completely agree with both dan and mike on on all of those fronts um the new the new speaker of the house is uh, dennis bonin um who who hopefully will uh will will do a good job of leading us uh through this session but i i really do want to stress what mike was Saying is that this year um, is different than other years, right? This is this is there's a window of opportunity for us to capitalize um, on the current situation, not only with certain individuals, but really um, kind of the state of government as a whole. Um, I think there's a large push for a, a lot of free market and a lot of opportunities to, to unrestrict trade of many professions and limit uh, regulation. Um, and I think this is one of, this is one of the opportunities that that we uh, can capitalize on as well. And, and so if, if I know from being a part of this for the last, you know, four or six years that we've done this, Mike and Dana, that um, this year is the time that we need to really uh, rally our voices and get excited about, the opportunity excited about the opportunities to, to connect and, and to tell our patient stories and to get our patients to tell stories at the capital this year um it, it i i have the best feeling about access that i've had in a long time um, based on the current situation and who's coming to the table and who's agreeing to work with us and and everyone who's at the table so i'm um it's, it's time to light the tires uh, and light the fires and kick the tires and, and really work hard at getting this thing pushed through with the support of everybody in this state. We, we, need, we need everybody on board. As Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton Jr. said,
2: it's time to shake and bake. Shake and bake. Exactly.
1: Um, so that, that one particular physician, you know, he's been as adversary for us for a, a long time. And the, the state with the Texas legislature is, is that, we've got more MDs in our legislature than any other state. Um, And and the good thing this year is, is that they're, they're not all against us. They're, they're not, Um, you know, there was a certain few that, that were basically voting for their, their, their own interests and not their zip codes, you know? Um, And, and those people don't have the power that they once did. And so between, you know, that situation, the The focus on uh, getting people off of opioids, and as Mike you know, just said, that you know, trying to sort of open up access to people that are underserved and really trying to to give people the ability to practice at, the, at you know at the top of their license and to give people the access, you know to to do what they're trained to do. Uh, you know, I think like like both of these guys said, you know the opportunities we've got this year are are really unprecedented. Are unprecedented. And uh, we've got a real good shot at this.
3: Well, gentlemen, again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'd like to wrap with this one final question. What are some actionable steps that physical therapists in Texas and even patients and the public in Texas can do um, in order to really make an impact uh, on this next uh, legislative uh, uh, run we've got coming up?
2: I think it's about telling stories. I mean, I think the... uh the illustration of our direct access effort is no different than, you know, marketing our services to potential patients and referral sources. Uh, we need to tell the, the legislature and the general public about what we do on a day-to-day basis to impact the lives of our patients. Uh, we all have stories of, of patients that we see on a day-to-day basis and telling those stories, whether it's a, you know, a child with cerebral palsy that a therapist is working with to help improve their independence or a patient post total hip arthroplasty where, you know, we're working to get that patient back to their prior level of function and get them back to their activities of daily living. I mean, those are the stories that um, we encounter every day and, and we're so bad. I, uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, Pete became the new fight club you know the first rule fight club is don't talk about fight club and i feel like that's what physical therapy became in the last you know five to ten years is we we do so many great things but uh we don't talk about ourselves we don't talk about uh what we do to to impact the the lives of the patients we serve and i think it's a disservice to both our patients and to um to our profession Uh, so i think the the best thing that that people could do is actionable i mean ideally we always want people to give Time, talent, and treasure. Right, we want them to give their time to uh, become a key contact to contact their legislators to educate their legislators and the public. We want them to give their talent. We want them to um, to utilize whatever communication mediums that they have to to reach out to social media to you know to talk about um, the impact they're having on their community, on their patients, and of course, we want to Dennis point. Um, fundraising. You know, we want them to give to the TPTA PAC. We want to give to the APTA PAC. We want them to support our legislative efforts, um, you know, in a monetary way as well. And, 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 you know, we welcome any combination of that. Um, if, if people can give their time, that's great. If people can give of their talents, great. If people have um, opportunistic income that they can part with at this point um, and help support us at the, the state and national level, we, we appreciate that as well. Um, but we need to get up. Um, this, this can't be any more of a, of an effort of just the, the few, this needs to be an effort of the many. Um, I'm thinking of Braveheart when William Wallace stands in front of the, you know, the troops at the last uh, battle and he's saying, you know, we're going to fight for our freedom. I feel like this is our fight for our freedom. Um, this is our fight for direct access. And if, if we truly want this, this needs to be an effort of, of many, not just an effort of few. Um, my favorite quote is from John F. Kennedy, and it says, um, one person can make a difference and everyone can try, or everyone should try, excuse me. And um, if, if we're going to truly make a difference, um, everyone needs to do it. There's no effort that's insignificant. There's no effort that is um, is not going to make a difference in this, in this direct access battle. Um, this is not going to come to us um, cheap and easy. This is going to be an all-out fight. And um, if we truly want to make a difference in the lives of our patients um, in 2020 and 2021 um, between now and the next legislative session, then um, everyone needs to make a difference and everyone can. And, um, you know, we, we, we just need to, to show up. We need to let our patients know that this is about them. We need to let the legislature know that this is about our patients and the, the, the patients and clients that we serve and, um,
4: and finally get this done. Rock on, Mike. I I completely agree with all of that. I'm going to, I want to take it one step further. I want, I, I think that we all need to acknowledge that physical therapists can be primary care providers and be a person that patients go see when they have pain. Like we need to step into that role. We need to be okay with having that role. And that doesn't mean that every PT out there has to assume that role. It just means that we all have to acknowledge as a profession that we're ready to have that step and be that person in the state of Texas and own it. Right. We can't we can't be a divided profession in this fight. We all have to support this from the from from inpatient to outpatient to private practice owners to pediatrics to every all the PTs need to come on board with this and support each other and support our profession to be the best it can be, and practicing at the limits of its scope. Like, that's what we really need to do. And if and if you're passionate enough and driven enough to be a part of the movement, reach out to your district, reach out to Mike, reach out to the TPTA, reach out to me or Dana, and get involved. Ask how you can be a part of what we're doing, because we need you. We need your voice. We need your support. We need your connections and network. We need you to be a part of this. It's not about me, it's not about Mike, it's not about Dan, it's not about F. Scott, it's about all of us working together to achieve the goal of access for our patients. Yep, absolutely. And there's
1: some some real simple things that, that you can do. Um, we've already you kind of finished up our, our PAC, ra- PAC fundraising for the year. Um, you, we always can still donate money, but we're, we're not necessarily looking for that right now. Um, we're looking for you or your patients to contact your legislators. And you can do it as easily on Facebook or on Twitter if you're not comfortable having a phone call with them. If you don't have a a relationship with them in your hometown, you can reach out to them on Twitter or Facebook. Most of them have sites. Most of them will check those sites. Tell them what your issues are. They'll listen, right? Um, You can go to Austin on February 19th. Um, I know in Houston, we're taking two or three buses of of PTs, PTAs, uh, PT students, and patients. Um, to Austin to, to speak to those points. I know other districts are, are going to be doing uh, the same thing. Um, once we identify um, which key people that we need to focus on, um, we'll start putting that stuff on, on, on social media. And if you live in those districts, then it's going to be really, really important that, that you and you, you, you get a friend, you know, to, to, to do the same thing. You know, you get a friend or you get a patient. Patient's even better. Those patient stories are, are, are way more impactful than our stories Um, to contact those legislators, Um, you know, and, and previously in previous, you know, in other years, you know, a lot of PTs that maybe don't work in outpatient, uh, maybe work in other facilities. This hasn't been a big issue for you. Right. Um, but I don't think there's a single one of us that can say that we haven't had a patient or a family member that's not been impacted by opioid abuse, right. Or opioid addiction That, that impacts us all, you know, so it's not just about, you know, a, a private practice owner trying to make more money for himself by getting more patients in. This is, this is impacting our communities. It's impacting our school teachers. It's impacting everyone out there right now. So we, we've got to put a stop to this. And, and Texas is way behind on this, you know, so um, it, it doesn't matter what practice setting you're in as a
2: PT, we can all um, definitely help, you know, and, and end this problem. And to kind of dovetail on what Dana had said, there's also an app that you can download. I'm sorry, download from uh, the Google Store from iTunes. It's the APTA Action Alert app, and we do have a uh, state um, government affairs um, section of that, where you can contact your local legislators directly through that app. Uh, if you also go to Google and you go to who represents me. Um, as a search in Google, it'll bring, uh, based off your address, who your local representatives are at the local, state, national level, and almost all of them have a link directly. So even if you don't want to do the social media thing or you don't want to call them, um, an email is just as, as, as good as reaching out. So it's another mechanism to reach out to those uh, individuals um, and educate them about our issues. And on that same app, I uploaded uh, that PT Action
1: app, I uploaded our house bill with all of the wording I uploaded all of our talking points on opioids. I uploaded the, the time that it takes to see a, um, a care provider in the state of Texas if you're in pain. There's there's several talking points and, and resources for you on that app now.
3: Yeah, that is amazing stuff, guys. I mean, I can't thank you all enough for taking the time to come on and just talk about this stuff. I, I view all of you as by William Wallace. So thank you for your time tonight. Thank you for your efforts. Um, yeah, Texas, get out there and look at this stuff. Look at the talking points. Look at the uh, research. Uh, all of this stuff will be listed in the show notes. There'll be links so that you can sign up for the legislative day. Um, Mark, if you want to just kind of review some of those dates, uh, and like I said, they'll all be in the show notes. So let's get behind this thing and let's uh, let's really make a change.
4: Yeah, we have uh, you know in the in the capital area district, which is around around Austin and the surrounding areas, we've got. Um, an important uh, capital area district meeting coming up on January 14th, where uh, Dr. Janet Besner from Texas State will be, um, will be supplying a talk on the legislative session and upcoming uh, uh, issues with the, with the TPTA and, and, and getting people on board and getting knowledge out there for that. Uh, I know, Mike, you have an upcoming meeting up there, correct? Yes, sir, on,
2: on Tuesday, the 14th, we have uh, Linda John and from APTA, we have uh, Director of, of Government Affairs, um, Angela Schumann, that will be in to
4: educate us about the legislative process, um, both here and at the national level. And then we have the one other um, event that, uh, Mike, you spoke about that also has a social event here in Austin. Yep. February 4th, you have
2: the... The Texas State of Reform Health Policy Conference and the um, Capital Area District is um, sponsoring a reception that evening. Um, So that that was on the uh, Capital Area District's Facebook page uh, with information on how best to um, RSVP for that event.
4: Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff happening at the Cap or in Austin and over the next few weeks that you can get directly involved in. um, You can reach out to me. Mark Milligan dpt at gmail.com or you can reach out to me on social media we can get you connected and get you where you need to be or you can go to the capital area district facebook page and please don't hesitate to reach out to us um, i'm president
2: at tpta.org um, if you have any reservations about approaching your legislators um, any of us are happy to be a resource um, like i said before this is not an effort of few this needs to be an effort of many and we want as many of um, PTs, PTAs, and students involved in this effort this legislative session as we can.
3: And again, thank you guys so much. You're all such inspirations. I, you know, you you've moved me to get up and go to my representative tomorrow. I've got a little bit of free time, so that's how I'm spending it tomorrow. Uh, thank you again, all, for your time. Um, and like I said, Texas, let's get behind this. Check out all the resources. There'll be links in the show notes. Uh, let's make a positive impact and change.
4: Thank you
2: for attending class today and we hope that you learned something and gained value from the content.
3: If you'd like to schedule office hours with us, feel free to add us on Twitter at HET Podcast, on Instagram HET Podcast, on Facebook the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast, and the homepage healthcareeducationtransformationpodcast.com.
2: And for those of you following along in the syllabus, Extra credit can be obtained by liking us, sharing us, and leaving a review.
3: Let's continue our journey up Mount Educational Success as lifelong learners.
0: Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.